0: I've been very fortunate to work with some of the smartest minds of our time. One of those individuals is Brendan Burchard. And in spending some good time with Brendan back in 2011, probably most of the time we spent together was that year, 2011, 2012. And he taught me several amazingly powerful insights that I want to share with you here today. But namely, if I even step back away from what he taught me, And just recognize what's a trait about him that separates him from all the other amazing people that I've been fortunate to spend time with. And I will say it's probably a close tie between Brendan and Tony Robbins as to how both of them make you feel when you're in their presence. And I don't care if it's a one-on-one scenario or one to 4,000 people in the room. Uh, I've been in both those scenarios with both those individuals. And what they share in common is a level of presence that separates them from everybody else. What does that mean? Think about that. They are able to be so present with you, whether it's in a one-on-one scenario or one with thousands of people there at a particular seminar, when they're engaged with you, you can tell that their mind is nowhere else except presently focused intently on you. And that gift of giving people who are important to you your presence will leave an immediate mark on them and it will be something that will be memorable for years and decades to come. So, whether you know who Brendan Richard is or Tony Robbins is, both of them are absolute powerhouses in their messaging, delivery, insights, their teachings, their books, their live events. All of them are at a level. Many people strive to equal, but not everybody can. Like they're the elite athlete. They're the, the top of the food chain as far as what they do is at a level that many wish they could do. Not everybody is dedicated enough to be at that level. So if that's something that both of those amazingly awesome, influential people... Uh, that, that I've spent time with that I can say I remember distinctly for both of them the level of presence that I felt there was no one else in the world except me and people have told me that's one of the gifts that I'm able to give with people that whether I'm with them one on one in a room or in a room with thousands of other people there when I'm focused and speaking with them I'm giving them my full focus, attention, and presence. My mind is nowhere else. And this, by the way, is one of the other strengths that has helped me work with highly successful, well-known multimillionaires as their coach. And some of the feedback that they give me is, I give a shit. You truly care about me. Not just my business results, not just the growth that we're seeking to attain, not just Uh, my team and our clients and our prospects. You care about me and my mental health, my relational health, my financial health. You You care personally and professionally at a level that separates you from all the rest. You actually give a shit. That's one. And two, when they're sharing with me things that they don't even share with their counselors because there is that level of, a, I've heard it all. Nothing's really going to surprise me or shock me. Even the things that they're pretty certain, they're the only ones that they've dealt with this particular scenario. I've heard it time and time again. So uh, A, it doesn't shock me. B, it's no one's business but me and them and any other par- partners or you know personal or professional partners or people that are in those particular uh, scenarios with them. It's no one else's business. And and in that comes a lack of judgment. I'm able to hear it, not be thrown off base, off kilter and say, okay, that being what it is, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? Who do you want to be? Like, okay, this being a scenario that either just happened or is happening right now, what do you want to do about that? Is that sustainable? Is that something that brings you joy? Is that something that you want to continue or do you recognize it's time for a change? And what would that change look like? How would you feel? How would your future be different? Anyhow, so that's just a little insight into why I work with some clients that others, when they hear you know from from the client, I don't go around bragging about who I work with when 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 they hear that I'm working with these people, like, well why why do they work with you?" And it has some similar reasons based on my ability to give my presence, to not give any judgment, because guess what? Uh, From the outside, my clients look like they have it all together. And what I've learned is regardless of who anyone is, regardless of what levels of success they've attained, uh, we're human, right? And with being human comes difficulties, challenge, chaos, Many of them, uh, I'm thinking of myself, my own journey in this. If I look back on my own journey, most of my chaos, most of my struggle, most of my difficulties and challenges were, were one person's uh, reason. One person was to blame for all that. That person was me. My thoughts, my words, my choices were the cause and creation of a high majority of the chaos, of the difficulties, of the challenges that I faced and some would would turn that self-sabotage but I also had some epiphanies along my journey to be like whoa enough is enough you know you don't need to tie your your hand behind your back and your leg behind your back to prove to someone how you can get out of this conundrum that you've put yourself in you know like Houdini enough proving how much of a problem solver, you are how about not putting yourself in those problems in those chaos situations in those difficulties or challenges in the first place that's my personal journey and I've recognized many highly successful uh individuals also and in my case I'll, I'll circle back my case I was born to teenagers raised around four divorces and six marriages went to nine different schools by eighth grade I I lived a life of chaos to me that was normal right? So what did that teach me? What did that train me as a child? Chaos. If there is no chaos, you need to create some, right? It was, it was a subconscious programming of my upbringing that had me addicted to chaos, addicted to putting myself in predicaments and situations that, you know, any normal person wouldn't want to self-sabotage at that level. For me, that was what I was used to in my growing up environment, right? And I'm, I'm sharing my personal story because I don't share any of my clients' personal stories. Um, but I noticed there were other highly successful people who had their own individual upbringings that came with a level of addiction to chaos, uh, a propensity to self-sabotage, uh, a... Uh, Common theme that humans have that if you 've ever been to a tony Robbins event you'll you 'll recognize these these particular themes humans there's kind of a hardwired situation where humans including high achievers including people who are you know employees uh, in school um, business owners any Across any of the the labels that we put, you know, all races, all ages, all sexes, from all countries, humans have these built-in emotions, built-in beliefs. And these beliefs take work to overcome. And these beliefs are, I'm not worthy. I'm not good enough. I'm not lovable. Right? And then when these people attain some level of success... Some of them have put some work and effort into that and have, you know, band-aided it to where it doesn't impact them greatly, but there's still that subconscious continual feeling of I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable. And then there comes the imposter syndrome feeling. Why me? Like like actors or musicians are good examples of this, or even athletes. Like I'm not the best. Like like out of all the peers that I had, I'm decent, I'm good, but I'm not the best. Why am I so successful? And they're struggling. Why do I deserve this level of success? Why me? Right? So there comes that other psychological aspect of it. Um, and then, <laughs> also in my my own recollection, looking back to this 2001, September 11th 2001 era, uh, one of my, my famous teachings today now is what's mine to do, you know, and using your discernment. Uh, But there was a period when I was in workaholic mode back in 2001 timeframe and years prior to that and years after, the only answer that was acceptable to what's mine to do was a revenue producing activity, right? Well, that's great to grow results in business, but guess where? the results are going to be faltering and, and difficulties are going to arise in relationships, with yourself and others, in your health scenario. Because if what's mine to do is always revenue-producing activities, here's what happened in my scenario. I felt if I, if I was spending time with people that are important to me and, and going into 2002 and beyond, like my, my family, my son, you know, my friends, my family. If I was not doing a revenue producing activity, I was beating myself up internally like I should be doing something related to, you know, a revenue producing activity, growing the results, right? So I couldn't be present because my mindset was off. Now I've evolved emotionally and through some very hard earned and learned (laughs) lessons that the answer to what's mine to do is discerning between your health, relationships, and finances. And, and health isn't just working out. Health is mental, physical, emotional, spiritual health and all that entails being at the optimal levels in each of those areas. Relationships, your personal, your professional, your social relationships. Who are your people? You, you can't give the same amount of attention and energy to everybody. You have to determine who your people are and and proactively, intentionally give your attention to those people. It doesn't matter how many times you told them you love them. If, if, you, if you don't give attention to them and your presence, the relationship is going to falter. And then the financial scenario. Your today money, your tomorrow money, your contribution. And you now have to determine where in this moment needs your attention your health, your relationships, your finances, and continually discern the answer to what's mine to do right now. And uh, if we think about one of the analogies that I share on the back cover of my book, You Are Not Dead Yet, um, I also share, you know, congratulations. You were at the most amazing amusement park in the universe, which is life as a human here on earth. And just like... Being at an amusement park, you're not sitting around wasting your time. You're intentionally answering the question, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's mine to do now? What's mine to do now? What's mine to do now? To maximize your time there. And you're not doing it because you have to do it. You're doing it because you've chosen to do it. You've chosen to make the most of it because you know whether you're there for a day, two days, three days, or a week, it's going to be brief. So you're going to get the most out of it while you're there. Well, when you can transmute that type of going for it attitude into this physical form as a human in earth, as you get to control the most amazing piece of equipment in the universe, your body, your trillion dollar body, your unique vehicle that you are the owner, operator, and caretaker of, you look at it, this whole adventure in a different way. You're asking yourself continually, what's next? What's next? What's next? What's mine to do now? How about now? 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 Am I doing what's the, what's the best use of my time right now? No? What is that? Let me do that. Why? Because this journey's brief, ladies and gentlemen. The title of my book is You're Not Dead Yet. You're not dead dot, dot, dot yet. That's where you all end up. We all get escorted out of this most amazing amusement park in the universe. The rub is we don't know when. So guess what? Just like a normal amusement park, go for it. With intention, with vigor, with passion, with a pep in your step, with excitement. Spreading joy, spreading happiness, spreading love. And watch how that circles back to the lesson that we began off with. You are now going to embrace giving the gift of your presence to all who are fortunate to be around you. In giving your presence, you will give them a feeling of this person gives a shit. This person cares. This person's here with me. This person hears me. This person sees me. This person cares about me. And... You're able to transmute that joy, that energy, that adventure, that passion, that sense of excitement, it spreads, it spreads. So as you can hear, what was mine to do was to share some insights that began with how out of all the amazing people that I've been fortunate to work with, you can go see some of my friends and mentors and, and colleagues At TomBeal.com forward slash gratitude. You'll notice a lot of celebrities. You'll notice a lot of uh, the best-selling authors and speakers and trainers and thought leaders. Some not here any longer, like Zig Ziglar, um, Bob Proctor, uh, Jim Rohn, uh, and several others. But of all of the people, the two that are at the mastery level of this one gift that I have been seeking to control and give this gift to everybody who crosses my path is the gift of your presence. Right. So let me so one of the lessons. So that gift of presence is is the the thing, right? But then the other the lesson that I learned from Brendan was something was another very powerful one. And I'll share this. So I'm I'm actually looking at a door right now. And Brendan said, every time you cross the the door, you think about who's on the other side of that door, and you ask yourself, who do I need to be for that person on the other side of that door? Because guess what? In this journey, you wear different hats. You don't want to be the boss with your children. You want to be the dad. You don't want to be... You want to be the exact person that you need to be for that person who's on the other side of that door. So every time you cross through the door. Think about who's on the other side of that door. And who do I need to be. For that person. And you'll you'll show up and be present with that person. In that role that is congruent with who that person is. All right. That's some wisdom to to help you on this journey. Uh, I have much more to share. Excited that our paths crossed in this digital manner of today. Hit me back with a favor uh, and reply letting me know what part of this brief discussion impacted you the most. I look forward to reading that. look forward to hearing that. And I look forward to you embracing The philosophies that we talked about in this, that yes, uh, okay, cool. What if, what if I am at the most amazing amusement park in the universe? What if I'll be escorted out of here sooner than I want? This journey is brief. How can I treat this journey as equally exciting as going to one of my favorite amusement parks? Where I know if I've been there for a day, two days, three days a week, it's over fast. But I want to maximize it while I'm here. I'm excited, excited for you to, to hear these insights, to let them settle in and let it, let it bring you the joy that it's brought me and many others that I've shared this with. Make today great. I look forward to talking with you soon. Hit me back with your reply, what, what resonated with you most. I'll talk with you soon. Until next time, bye for now.